we get started, I, I got this just before I came out here, and it's in Malachi chapter 3. Oh, they did that last week too. Um, Mal- Malachi chapter 3, listen to this in verses uh, 10 to 12 in the message. It says, uh, bring your full tithe to the temple treasury so that there will be ample provisions in my temple. Test me in this, in this, and see if I don't open up heaven itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. What is your wildest dream that you would have today? He wants to biggie size your wildest dream. Woo! Come on. And he said, um, for my part, his part, I will defend you against marauders, protect you, your wheat fields and vegetable gardens against plunderers, against covid The message of God of the angel armies. This is the big one. He said, you'll be voted the happiest nation. Ha! You might as well, you might as well practice it now. Be happy. Glory to God. He said, you're going to be voted the happiest nation. I vote you happy. <laughs> Glory. You'll experience what it's like to be a country of grace. Not just people of grace, the whole country. The God of angel armies said so. He said so. Because he said so. Hallelujah. I like that. So it's pretty cool. So um, on Friday, one of the lines, um, and turn to chapter, well, actually, you probably won't have it. In John chapter 12, verses 31 to 33. Uh, especially the first line in 31, it says, from this moment on, everything in this world is about to change. Jesus said that. From this moment on, everything in the world is about to change. And things are starting to change. And um, in uh, the beginning of the year, Jerry Savell said, your theme for 2021 is abundant overflow. Things are beginning to change. He said, it's already begun. A new era has begun, and more and more signs and wonders will be seen in 2021. Pastor Gary said, in 2021, I have learned to be content, regardless of the circumstances. He didn't know this was going to happen, but he has learned to be content regardless, in spite of. And he bases this on Philippians 4.11. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state that I am to be content in a state of peaceful happiness, happiness, and satisfaction. And in Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Pastor Nancy Dufresne said, 2021 is a year to say and to see. You got to say it first, then you'll see it. <laughs> in Proverbs 18, 21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the, the land thereof. So what are you saying? What are we saying? Um, from this moment on, everything in this world is about to change. Right now, we're changing. We're being changed from glory to glory. We've been, you know, Pastor Gary has been preaching on the glory. And the more you preach about it, the more you sing about it, the more you walk in it, the more you're seeing it start to happen in your lives, in your homes, everywhere you go. People are coming up to you saying, man, why do you look so different? Wow, look at you. It's pretty cool. So um, in verse 31, it says, from this moment on, everything in this world is about to change, for the ruler of this dark world will be overthrown. Amen. 
And, and he said, and I will do this when I'm lifted off the ground. And when I draw the hearts of people to gather them to me. See, Jesus is the one that gathers the hearts to the people. And then we just walk in and say, hey, how you doing? How you doing? You want to meet my friend Jesus? Their hearts have already been prepared. Who's preparing the hearts? Jesus. He said, I will draw the hearts of the people to gather them to me. He said this to indicate how, uh, that he would die by being lifted up on the cross. Now, we're going to go through a couple of different um, uh, books in, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to, to just to get an idea of what really happened. Because as I was going through this, I, I was putting, piecing this whole thing together the other night, and it was just like, what? Wow. So let's start. I'm going to be reading a lot of uh, New Living Translation, and that. We're going to start in Matthew chapter 27. Woo! You can woo. We're not afraid of the woo. Come on now. Don't you hold back your woo. I'll come get you. I'll make sure you woo. <laughs> woo! I like that. And hey, you can do it for free too, right? Just because. Sometimes you have to. Just because. They say it's only necessary when it's necessary. Woo! I need that one. That was for me. That's personal. You can get greedy with your woos, you know. All right. Are you there in Matthew 27? Okay, we're going to start in verse 50. It says, then Jesus shouted out again. How? Okay. With all this, think about all the stuff that he went through um, prior to the cross. And then when he was on the cross, and he, it says that he shouted out again. How would he have that kind of power to shout? But he did. And it said he released his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. Pastor is taught on that, the thickness of that, that curtain and the fact and the noise that it made was amazing. We have to go back and get that because I don't have it. But it says it was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook. Rocks split apart. Tombs opened. The, God, the bodies of many godly women and women, men and women who have died were raised from the dead. Do you think people were freaking out? Okay, put yourself there because I was thinking about this. If I was to be there at that time when all of this shaking and rocking and rolling was going on, Come on. And it, just prior to that, um, the, the skies went completely black. <laughs> All of this stuff. And then, to, you know, to see your great, 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 grandpa, grandma getting up and starting preaching the word. Hey, yeah. remember what I told you? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Could you see? <laughs> your great, great grandmother told, I told you you'd be in church today. <laughs> Prophesying. <laughs> wow, it must have been something. It says, the earth, the earth shook, the rocks split apart, tombs opened, the bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection, went into the holy city of Jerusalem, appeared to many people, not just a few, many people. The Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that happened. And they said, this man was truly the son of God. Do you think? Come on. Those boys were freaking out. I think I would have been. Oh, I know I would have been. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Come on. Let's go to John chapter 20. Woo. Come on. 
<laughs> I was thinking back on, uh, on Friday, and I was looking out, and uh, I was probably among them, that people had things in their eyes. Things were flying in their eyes. I, I saw them wiping them a lot. <laughs> they say when God squeezes your heart, your eyes will leak. And there was, there was leakage happening on Friday. <laughs> IR1. <laughs> Anyways, you'd have to be there in order to get it. If you weren't, you can cry now if you want. No, no, not yet. John chapter 20, verse 1. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. You can put your name in there too. You're the one who Jesus loved and still does. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb. We don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen, linen wrappings lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. You notice how he, like, he put Peter first because Peter was a leader. And although he was there, John was at the tomb first, he still waited for his leader to go in. That's honor. Don't get ahead, right? He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying, but he didn't go in. Verse 6, then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there. While the cloth that covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart uh, from the other wrappings, I got this as a side note. It says, notice the manger and the swaddling clothes wrapped around Jesus when he was in the manger were narrow bands of cloth wrapped around a newborn baby. It says to keep him warm, protected, and to, to restrain its movements and to quiet it. That's why they wrapped it in swaddling clothes. But the linen that was wrapped around Jesus' dead body could no longer restrain him could no longer restrain him. And as I was thinking about that, this, um, this line in this song came, and I thought, wow, death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. Come on, amen. You silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory, for you are raised to life again. You have no rival. You have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. Come on, it's preaching the gospel right here. Yours is a kingdom. Yours is a glory. Yours is a, is a name above all names. Woo! What a powerful name it is. And his blood has never lost its power. Verse 8, then the disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and he believed. He saw it first, then he believed. We're in the dispensation where we see it first. Or, sorry, we believe it first, then we see it. He saw and believed. For they had, uh, for until then, they had they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. I thought that was interesting. They went home. They looked in. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> he's not here. Okay, let's go home. 
What do you want to do? Nothing. Let's go home. I just thought it was kind of, I got to chuckle. I'm looking at the going, seriously? And then the very next verse, verse 11 says, Mary, now Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Sounds like the Ark of the Covenant, doesn't it? And verse 13, dear woman, I love that. Talking about Mary Magdalene. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied. I don't know where they've put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. And it was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. There probably, I know for a fact, that there's been times when we've had angelic visitation and didn't even know about it. We're just thinking we're just... That's why, we're, you know, it's, it's good to be nice to everybody that you meet. Every stranger, because you just don't know. She could have turned around and said, where's your mask? Just saying. She didn't recognize him. Verse 15. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked. Who are you looking for? She thought he was a gardener. Sir. She said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. See, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And when he, the way that he, he probably had a really special way of saying her name. So that when he said it, automatically, right away, she knew. She turned to him and cried out Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher or master. She knew. When Jesus calls your name, because he talks to you in a very special way, only in a way that you can receive from him, and when he calls your name, you know, she knew. Because there's a, come on, when you have a personal relationship with Jesus, there's a certain that you have. It's called relationship, isn't it? Verse 17, don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go find my brothers. He's giving her a message. He's giving her a message. Go find my brothers. Tell them that I am ascending to, look at this, my father, your father, to my God and your God. He told that to her first. Adoption. Right there. She was adopted in. He said, my father, your father, my God, your God. Glory to God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I've seen the Lord, and she gave them that message. The message of the gospel. We've seen the Lord. He's Jesus' God. Now he's my God. Quite personal. That's where we are. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 28. Each gospel has its own little twist to, to, to make this picture so beautiful that when you look at it from different sides, it'll, it'll just unfold the whole gospels to you and what actually happened. Um, Matthew 28, uh, verse 1, please. Early on Sunday morning, as a new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. Something about earthquakes, right? In the Bible. Pretty cool. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled, the stone, rolled aside the stone, and he sat on it. He sat on it. 
Nothing's going to hold Jesus back. It was a rock. He said, I'm going to sit on this rock. You're not going to hold Jesus in. What's been holding you back? Realize that there's an angel going to sit on that rock. Could be a rock of sickness, disease, poverty. He sat on it. Said, you know, bow your knee. Bow your knee, right? Amen. So it says, verse three, his face shone like lightning. His clothes were as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him. They fell to a dead faint. I guess it's a good time to go to sleep. But it's cool. The cool thing I got out of this is that when those guards fell asleep, the angel spoke. How to get rid of the doubt and unbelief. Get that stuff out of the way. Get these boys. Hey, you guys need to go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> time to go. You know it. So the angel spoke to the women and said, don't be afraid. He said, I know what you, I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. Three words. He isn't here. <laughs> Come on. He's risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come and see where his body was lying. And now go quickly. Tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he's going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I've told you. The woman, the woman ran quickly, quick to the commandment from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, see, as you go with your um, assignment that God has given you quickly, look at what happened. Because they, they ran to the assignment, they were obedient and quick to go. It says, as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. Now, what if they would decided, well, I better go and do this, that, and the other thing first? You think that would happen in, in that kind of succession? It says, as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. They ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. Another message. Mark chapter 16, please. Verse 1, Saturday evening when the Sabbath was ended, Mary Magdalene and Salome and Mary, the mother of James, went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way there, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. Imagine how many things are already rolled aside that you're supposed to be taken care of. How many things have God told you to do, told you to fix, and by the time you got there is already fixed? I think it's pretty cool. Obedience is usually necessary. Verse 5, when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in white uh, in a right, white robe, sitting on the right side. And the women were shocked, but the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified, and he isn't here. Again, he was risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter. I love that line. Including Peter. It doesn't matter where you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it does not matter what you've done. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Including Peter. Peter did some stuff. We've all done some stuff. But you're still included. That Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. The woman fled from the tomb, trembling, bewildered. They said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened. Verse 9. After Jesus rose from the dead early on Sunday morning, the first person who saw him was Mary Magdalene, the woman from whom he had cast out seven demons. Does she have a past? Huh? But she's got a future now. And the fact that he, Jesus appeared to her first, I think that is amazing. Number one, they said, include Peter in this, in this word that I've called you to do on your assignment. Make sure you include him. And now Jesus appears first to Mary Magdalene. She went to the disciples who were grieving, verse 10, and weeping and told them what happened. Verse 11, when she told that Jesus was alive and she had seen him, they didn't believe her. Huh. Afterward, he appeared in a different form for two of his followers who walked from Jerusalem into the country. You notice they walked a lot back then? I mean, they walked for mi- miles. This wasn't just, you know, around the block, not even a country block. I mean, it was, they walked. They, verse 13, they rushed back to tell the others, but no one believed them. Still, verse 14, still later appeared to the 11 disciples as they were eating together. He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him. I refuse to believe it. Wow. After you have been raised from the dead. Now, uh, Luke chapter 24, please. Verse 13. This is kind of like a continuation on from Mark. Because um, they're here, these guys are still on that. It's, this is the same walk. And it says, that same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of uh, Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. Seven miles. I can drive that in my car. I'm not going to walk that. you got to be kidding me. No. I might have biked it during spin class or something, but I wouldn't know. Right? Nick bikes, bikes that kind of stuff for warm-ups. What do you do? Like 20-mile rides? Pretty well? Yeah. 20-mile rides on a bike. Okay. A little saddle? I'm just saying. I am just saying. Uh-huh. <laughs> so seven miles from Jerusalem, verse 14, as they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. Could you imagine? <laughs> Where'd you come from? <laughs> but that's what, well, suddenly is suddenly, right? And he asked him, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? <laughs> he hears us when we're talking. Just saying. Verse 24, or 28. By this, because they, they explained to him what they were talking about, about Jesus being crucified and, and, and all of uh, what he went through. 
But verse 28, by the time they were nearing Emmaus, the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them, and as they sat down to eat, he took bread and he blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them, and suddenly their eyes were open and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. Why did he disappear so fast? He didn't want to mess with their faith. Because he had them on a path of believing. And you've got to believe it. Then you will see it. You believe, and then you see. And so he's trying to get them to that point. Verse, I love verse 32. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us well, as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures? Your heart should burn to come to church. Your heart should burn to read the word. Your heart should burn to listen to the word. Your heart should burn when you're sharing Jesus with one another. Back and forth. Why? I do that with my cousin um, who, who lives in, in Ontario. We call each other. And we've been doing this for years. Iron sharpens iron. And because prior to that, we were, um, he was our light man when I was on the road. And so, you know, <laughs> that life. And then now all of a sudden, now we're, we're miles on the other, like miles apart talking about the gospel. And then he said, okay, let's tune each other up. And then so we just start praying in the Holy Ghost going back and forth over the phone. And he just gets as happy, just starts laughing. Why? We're called to be the happiest people on the earth. Amen? Mm-hmm. So they said, didn't our heart burns within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they're on their way back to Jerusalem. Then There they found the 11 disciples and the, uh, the others who gathered with them. And who said, listen to this. I love this. Verse 34. These guys said, the Lord has really risen. And he appeared to Peter. He appeared to Peter of all people. Come on, I know that wasn't done. Oh, and he appeared to Peter too. Oh, no, 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 no. He appeared to Peter. He denied Jesus. He had the nerve to appear to Peter after what he did. Of all people, of course he would. Of course he would. That's a Jesus we serve. Come on. So we're back in uh, John chapter 20, please. Or 19. John 19. That Sunday evening, uh, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Come on, the doors are locked. Probably barred. Then all of a sudden, bam! Whoop, there he is. It's Jesus. Come on, the doors were locked, so there's going to be a, a, a heightened sense of security that nobody else is coming in. Doors can't stop him. <laughs> Jesus was standing there. Among, suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. Verse 20, as he spoke, he showed them, okay, he showed them, the wounds in his hands and his side, they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Verse, verse 21. Again, he said, peace be with you. If you said it twice, he's trying to get something to you. Peace. Shalom. Total. Nothing missing. Nothing wanted. Nothing broken. Come on. Nothing needed. Woo. 
As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. And then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Think of the power of forgiveness that we have right now. If you forgive somebody, they're forgiven. If you don't, they are not. So why would you want to hold unforgiveness against anybody? I don't want to. I don't, no, 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 no. I, I, I can't. Can't do it. Back in the days when I was a youth pastor, can't remember which tour of duty that was. There was a few. <laughs> and, I, and I did this thing. We were talking about uh, unforgiveness one time, and I wrote it on a piece of paper. And Brother James, come here for a minute, man, because we can use you as an illustrated sermon. So what I did, I wrote unforgiveness on this piece of paper, and I had unforgiveness against James, and I was holding it against him. And every, so here's my unforgiveness. James is just going off, going and doing his thing. And everywhere I went, I'm holding this unforgiveness. He doesn't know that I'm holding unforgiveness against him. Right? And so James is going around doing his life, and I'm trying to run to keep up with him because he's on his bike now. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't have Harley Faith. So thanks, man. But, and so as he kept on, James was living his life. But I was trying so hard to keep this unforgiveness against him. Burning myself out, running myself ragged. Why? Just to keep unforgiveness against James, who didn't even know that I was, that I had, that I was holding that thing against him? Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <clears throat> Let it go. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so, he said, if you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. <clears throat> Then one, verse 24, one of the disciples, Thomas, named the twin, he was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, place my hand into the wounds in his side. Eight days, okay, let's back it up. It's just a couple of verses back. Jesus showed the disciples his hands and his feet. He showed them. So Tom, because people want to rail on Thomas, Doubting Thomas and all that stuff. Well, those disciples, those very same disciples didn't believe a thing. Jesus had to appear to them. Here, here's my hands. Here's my feet. Look at this. So people want to get on Thomas? (laughs) When just a few verses before that, Jesus showed himself to the disciples? Let's lay it up on Thomas. Come on. Easy. He said, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, place my hand in the wound in his side. Eight days later, the dis- <laughs> be careful what you say. Eight days later, the disciples were there again, together again. And this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked and suddenly, don't you be locking your doors. <laughs> the doors were locked and suddenly, as before, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you. Of course, he had to say peace because they were freaking out. Wouldn't you? (laughs) Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into my wound, uh, wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. What were they? What were the other disciples? He had to show them what was going on. So were they faithless? They had to see 
before they believed. We believe and then we see. He said, don't be faithless any longer, believe. And in verse 28, my Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, don't you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Amen. But you think of all the things that Thomas did? Come on, that man, he, he, he <laughs> turned India, like there was a huge revival in India because of Thomas. Doesn't matter how you start. How do you finish? He might have started doubting, but once, but he doubted once. One time. And then when he got on board with everything else, I mean, he was, he was off to the races. No more were they talking about any doubting Thomas. Are you kidding me? Mm -mm -mm -mm. He said, my Lord and my God. My Lord, my God. Period. Settle the matter. So whatever it is you need to do to settle the matter, settle it. Make him your Lord and your God. Amen. Mm-mm-mm. Luke 24, 49. I like this. Luke 24, 49. That was a whole resurrection. And Jesus started to ascend. But before he did that, um, Luke 24, 49. He said, now, after all of this, now, I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the, Holy, until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Now, let's go to Acts chapter 1, please. We're still in New Living Translation. Um, in my first book, I told you, Theophilus, there's a name. Anyone who want to call their firstborn Theophilus? Theo, maybe. Phyllis? If it's a girl, no. Phyllis. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and to teach until the days he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the, the, the apostles from time to time. He proved them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. And once when he was eating with them, he, he ate a lot. Isn't that great? There was one verse where he was barbecuing some fish. So we're going to have barbecue up there. And in the Old Testament, they were always barbecuing something. Bulls, lambs, goats. Sign me up. Come on, we're going to be barbecuing in heaven. Who wants to miss heaven? Oh, no, 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 no. I'll be going up there, a fork and a knife and a great big ball of barbecue sauce in my back pocket. We got to sauce some ribs. Oh, yeah. We're going to do it up. Uh-huh. Verse 4. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but just in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Woo! Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Verse 1. You're allowed to laugh in church, are we not? Uh, if not, <laughs> you're going to have a hard time um, 
showing love and grace to Pastor Paul. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all, all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, again, suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a mushing, a, a, a mushing, a, a mush. Yes, a mushing righty wind. Come on. As a rushing mighty wind, and it should be he, filled all the house where they were sitting. One day, because we have this sound system here, I would love to get a tornado sound, like, a, like the, the, the sound of a tornado. Shut the lights off and crank it. Just to give you the idea of a sound of a, of a I almost said it again, a rushing mighty wind. And, and realize that that was in the house. It wasn't outside the house. It was in the house. It filled the house with the sound. You ever listen to a tornado? Come on. And it said, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, verse 12. They were all amazed and were in doubt saying to one another, what meaneth this? People are going to start walking up to you and say, what meaneth this? How come you're so blessed? How come you're so healed? What meaneth this? How come when I get around you, I feel good? How come when I get around you, I make you I'm just kind of happy? I get this little on the inside of me. Start percolating. What's the deal? What meaneth this? <laughs> Hallelujah. So, others mocking and said, these men are full of new wine. Okay. Um, when I got loaded, I, I used to speak with another tongue. But it wasn't like that. Didn't sound like that. As a matter of fact, I was the same type of personality as I am now, but I thought that you couldn't hear me. <laughs> so I come right up to hey, how you doing? Are you having fun yet? Isn't it a blast? What do you need? That's me. So we're at the, uh, we're at the wedding on, on Saturday. And the, the place was beautiful, and it had these um, wood ceilings, and the sound was just so rich. Uh, there was a celloist, a cellist and, a, and a keyboard player, and when the cellist hit these really low notes, the place resonated, and it was just so, oh my, wood floors, wood ceiling, and, and, a, and a cello. I was like, oh. So I went up to, I went up to the couple, and I said, uh, you guys are marvelous. You sound wonderful. And, and uh, I said, I'd love to record here. It'd be awesome. And the lady that played the cello came up to me and she goes, yeah, 
And your voice, it carries really well. <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, do I say thank you? Or <laughs> what do you say to that? You're welcome. <laughs> wow. So others mocked and said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the 11, lifted up his voice and said unto them, you men of Judea. I love that, that he stood up. He didn't fall down. He stood up after all of that stuff that he went through. And he said unto them, you men of Judea and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known to you and you listen to me. Hearken unto my word. You listen to me. I got something to say. Now, he went from somebody that denied Jesus to say, hey, you're going to listen to me now. <laughs> I love that. He said, for these aren't drunken as you suppose, seeing as but the third hour of the day. Like it mattered. Nine o'clock. Been there, did that. So I just get started. Glory to God. But he said, verse 16, this is that, which was by, spoken by the prophet Joel. I love that. This is that. This is that. Yeah, you know that song. Come on, Joanne. <laughs> Let's jump over to verse 37, please. So when they heard all the stuff that Peter said, it says that they, they were pricked in their hearts, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, um, men and brethren, what shall we do? People are going to come up to you and say, what, what, what can I do? What do you want? What should I do? What can I do? You got to give them an answer. And it's not to go pounding on doors. No, no, no. He said, Peter said to them, repent. Just change your mind. Change your actions. If you're going one direction, turn around. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Not the permission of sins. Right? And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So, when you get baptized, expect to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto, is unto you, your children, and to all that are far off. Well, that's not of today. Far off. We qualify even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Verse 40, 41. Then they that gladly received the word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in, pra and in pra prayer. prayers. Prayers. And a couple more verses. We're, we are going to receive communion this morning, too. Um, Romans 8, 11, which is so good. It says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, and he does, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. His spirit dwell, to live, to abide, to habitate, habitate to abode, to feel comfortable in you, in you. And me. Hallelujah. That's a good place to be. Um, Isaiah chapter 1. Don't turn there. I'm just going to read it. Verse 18 and 19. It says, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. 
Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. That's all one thought. And in the message, it says, if you willingly obey, you'll feast like a king. Feast like a king. And he's not talking about a bow wow. He's talking about a king. Feast. What does a king feast on? Whatever he wants. <laughs> really? <laughs> huh. Okay. Last verse. First John chapter one, please. First John chapter one. Woo, are you here? Okay. Just checking. Verse seven. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. How are we going to get along? If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we'll have fellowship. If I walk in the light, like he's in the light, we'll have fellowship. It means we'll get a, we're going to get along. Why? We've got our eyes off ourselves. It says, we'll have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. He's lying, and, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you've been cleansed from all unrighteousness, what does that make you? Righteous. That's the right answer. Thank you. Hallelujah. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In Ephesians chapter 1, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, um, it says, To the praise and glory of his grace, wherein uh, he has made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. But listen to this new, li new living. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son, and he forgave our sins. He forgave our sins. The message, because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross. We're a free people. We're a free people. Free of penalties, free of punishments, chalked up by all our misdeeds, and not just barely free either, abundantly free. We are abundantly free. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.